0: Just Earthly is a podcast for the nature lover, environmental enthusiast, outdoor adventurer, free spirit, and seeker. We belong outdoors, where we find union, belonging, inspiration, and at home with ourselves, each other, and our planet. We go inside to go outside. We go outside to go inside. We gather for self-healing, world healing, here on this earth. Welcome to the Just Earthly Podcast. My name is Mandy Metzger, founder of Interline Botanicals, and I'm your host. I am really excited to have Tori Pyle of Brighter Than Gold Yoga on today to talk all about her business. Uh, She has been a good friend of mine for a long while, so I'm really excited that you're here, Tori. Welcome. Thank you. Tell us what this brighter than gold yoga is all about.
1: What do you do? Yeah. Ah. Uh, what do I do? A lot of things. Um. And I'm kind of in transition. Um. So brighter than gold yoga, essentially, you know, I I offer uh kind one on one or small group sessions um, combining yoga and so a physical asana practice primarily. Um. As well, or combine that with um herbalism. Um. Which is another of my deep interests. Um, I went through a yoga teacher training with Create Karma, and that program focused on what they call transformational peak pose, on developing sequences around you know a peak pose, and you know the transformational part is really like the alchemical magic that is yoga. i just really summed up that essence of yoga. Well, in that you know in in doing this physical practice, you know, we work on all of the many layers of, of our bodies, right. Um, yeah. And our energy. And it just like, yes, this is, this is yoga to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had this herbalism practice and, and interest on the side that was primarily personal. And it, it occurred to me that, well, I work with plants and connect with plants in a similar way. Why not just combine those and, you know, and help people achieve kind of whatever change, transformation, alchemical um, process they need to from from a number of approaches. Because the plants work similarly to yoga asana in that, you know, there are physical benefits and connections as well as more energetic and spiritual, ethereal, kind of subtle um, effects as well. And it just, it just made a lot of sense to me to combine those things. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where Brighter Than Gold Yoga kind of came from in, in short and, and what we do. I love that. Where did you get the name Brighter Than Gold? Uh, that's kind of a funny and almost whimsical uh, story. Well, it's not even a story. Um, <laughs> there's a song that I fell in love with in high school called The Seeker by Steve Earle. Um, great artist. Uh, and one of the lines, you know, is talking about, you know, there's something brighter than gold to the seeker. Uh, and I, I really identified with this idea of being a seeker. And, you know, that there's something out there that is brighter, more valuable than gold material wealth, um, however you want to interpret that. Um, you know, and for me, this, this uh, song is really a story about seeking truth, asking questions, discovering, you know, about oneself and about the world. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Roll's a great storyteller true song. Um, Love that. Yeah. And, and I just kind of every, every, you know, so often number of years, I, I kind of circle back to his music. I'm like, this is still really good and still really resonates. Um, And I think, yeah, like I said, I just sort of chose the name on a whim because it felt good in the moment. And as I've evolved and changed, this idea of, of seeking truth, which which for me is the thing that is that is brighter than gold. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It just there's sort of a subtle connection, I think, to alchemy. Um, yeah. It just like I said, uh, it it's sort of taken me on on a bit of a journey. I think um as well and and like i said as i continue to change it still still fits
0: i love that and i feel like it just describes what you do in a nutshell i just i I love that um what so you mentioned that you have loved working with plants that that's part of your passion um and part of how you're integrating um you're integrating that work with what you do
1: do you have any favorite plants that you like to work with? Do I have favorites? Um, that's yes, many. Uh, stinging nettle has been a longstanding plant ally. Um, dear friend, comfrey is another another dear friend. Um, both of these are, are kind of European plants. My um, ancestors are from Europe. Um. Yeah, and they're just kind of common, almost weedy. Well, nettle in particular is is pretty weedy. Um, in damp and temperate climates. Uh, I'm in the desert now, not so much here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and and at the same time, incredibly powerful. Um, and nourishing. You know, maybe not so much of a like cathartic kind of plant that you don't get like these big and Dramatic uh, experiences with nettle, mm. yeah. And unless you get stung, that's a little bit dramatic. <laughs> um, it's more subtle, you know, and it it takes time for the relationship to develop um, with both nettle and with comfrey. Yeah, and and there are lots of other lots of other plants to could talk about. But...
0: I'm wondering if you have any tips for the listeners or the watchers if you're watching on YouTube. But do you have any tips on starting to build a relationship with plants?
1: Yes. And kind of what is most important and accessible, um, research, okay. uh, and, you know, follow one's curiosity. Um, so yeah, to the listeners and, and folks watching would say, you know, follow your curiosity and do some research before, you know, applying the plant to your, to your body or ingesting the plant. Um,
0: very important you know
1: somebody like stinging nettle that's gonna hurt like please don't eat raw stinging nettle I I don't recommend that um you know want want to be able to properly identify the plant um make sure you're yeah sourcing sourcing plant material well um from hopefully an ethical at least a trustworthy source um you know with the proper preparation so that you're being safe uh and and just kind of read up on the energetics, the, the qualities of the plant, the effects of the plant, you know, is it is it gonna mesh with you and your body? Um, you know, there are certainly contraindications to like things that the plants are not good for. Um so, you know, if, if that's you, you wanna pay attention to that and and proceed with caution. Um you know some people Want to work with a professional or teacher before engaging with the plants and certainly that's that's fine and that's great um if, if that feels better do it for sure um i'm not that way <laughs> for better or for worse um, i'm um, willing to self-experiment and yeah. and take the risks and accept the consequences um, you know I'm comfortable with that and and you know, right? It's my responsibility if I if I hurt myself, I hurt myself. Um right. so I don't necessarily want to recommend that to people. And it's also a path. Um like please be careful and please please do research. Don't trust everything you read on the internet, you know?
0: That is true. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that too it's so it's such a good message um, because I like I, the more that I've learned, I've been learning through foraging, through working with plants myself. There are so many plants out there that are look alike to things that mm-hmm. can really make you sick. <laughs> and um, I mean, even simple things in our everyday life, where potatoes, right? They're technically poisonous if you um, don't cook them. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that there's like different forms of. I mean, that's something that you eat as a vegetable and um, not more so like herbalism, I would say. But um, yeah, it's just really the more that I learn, the more I've been realizing even parts of the plant, some parts are great and nutritious for you and other parts can just do a lot of harm. So research—that's mm-hmm. a really good tip mm-hmm. for people um, because I feel like a lot of people are a lot of people put things out there where it's like, oh, this is good, this is good for you, this is good for you. But it's like, your research is a really important—a really, really important part of um, the process and the journey. So, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for that yeah. tip.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's—it's. Um, it's, I'll just add another layer because it is complex and nuanced. Um mm-hmm you know i think connecting with the world outside of our our real little human technological bubble um that we're here in in the west um these kind of relationships are complex and nuanced um but just bring that back to herbalism um in whether a a plant an herb most of the herbs that i that i work with are food like um you know i kind of lump them in as food um you know, whether it's kind of good for someone or not, it really depends. Um, for example, I, uh, many, many years ago, kind of at the beginning of my herbalism journey, had a terrible cold. Like it was the worst cold I've ever gotten in my life. I Strange, random, bizarre. Um, lost my voice, and everything never happened before. I was taking echinacea. I'm like, eh, if it's just a cold, nobody's going to do like, I'm not going to go to the doctor, it's a cold, but echinacea, that'll help, it'll boost my immune system. Um, and it did, and this it was a like kind of late winter, early spring cold. Ah, uh, gosh, it just kept getting worse and kept getting worse, and I was like, ah, oh, more echinacea. And then I thought, wait a minute, this is the time where I normally get allergies. Mm-hmm. The echinacea is right. And so allergies are kind of an overreaction of the of the immune system to right. something. In my case, it's it was a particular pollen that blooms kind of in the very early spring. Um and echinacea boosts the immune system right so was i and then it occurred to me was i like overdoing it was you know my immune system is already kind of ramped up because of allergies with the echinacea kind of kicking it way into overdrive and i was actually making myself sicker i stopped taking the echinacea and pretty quickly i started to get better interesting yeah. And then I discovered nettle and, and the rest of is, is history. Um, but yeah, so, and, and generally I have since used Echinacea and they're a great plant and a great ally and reliable for sure. Um, and generally safe, like very safe. And in that moment, that was not the best fit for me. Like, you know, they weren't, they weren't a good match for me and what I was dealing with in that moment. Um, so, you know, things that are good for you, like, it really depends. That is Again, true. it's all—it's subtle and and complex and nuanced. And yeah, I would advise folks to keep that in, in consideration as well.
0: Yeah, that's also a really good point. And it's almost like intuitive in a sense too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. How do you weave nature into your work? It's almost mm-hmm. pretty obvious, but if you want to go deeper <laughs> with that, you can.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, gosh. How don't I maybe is is the question um and I think I'll start by kind of addressing this term nature uh I don't believe in nature I don't think nature is a thing uh there's the world we live in right um, yeah. and humans are a part of that as are the plants we live with the animals that we live with um You know the rocks the stones the dirt the sky the wind all of these things um you know the things that we as humans think of as nature really are just the world um they're they're our neighbors um yeah period (laughs) how do i weave that into my work that's that's kind of an interesting question i mean really my personal practice and I don't know, sometimes I feel like my whole mission in life, um, but definitely my personal practice involves connecting to my more than human neighbors um, and trying to answer the question and figure out, you know, what it means to be a human in this world um, here and now in a good way. Um, you know, as a white kind of European American person in, in a very Western culture, like we're super... I am and most of us in that in that situation are in general really separated from everything outside of our little human technological uh, bubble. I'm making vast generalizations here. Um but you know like it's it's hard to connect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think by bringing in plants to my business, you know that's that's one element. Um And I think as well, both yoga practice and like an herbalism plant practice involve intuition. You brought that up earlier. Um, And for me, maybe that's really the key and the tool and and the conduit for connecting with the more the human world nature, um, if you will. And then trying through that, of subtle intuitive connection um yeah. you know we, we can perhaps start to answer the question you know what does it mean to be a human in a good way um and, and how do we relate to the more than human world to right. all of our neighbors
0: yeah it's like that um it's almost like that sense of interbeing throughout um like what makes us different than the rock or the crystal the plants you know it's like we are Mm -hmm. we just are we interbe with these things Mm -hmm. um in a world that really strives to create separation and you know where like we identify these things because we categorize them as separate from ourselves um Mm -hmm. and I feel like that definitely does create a sense of deeper disconnection um makes us feel more alone Um. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's good. Um, (laughs) good a good um reflection on that question. Um, I so I say with this podcast, we're doing this for self healing and world healing. So, um, I'm curious how you heal through nature.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I go outside yeah <laughs> go <a> <laughs> um I say that as if it's like simple and obvious and straightforward and easy, and maybe it is all of those things uh yeah. it is pretty simple, right um, and that comes with like years, a decade more i don't know of practice connecting um. So when I say, oh, I go outside, yes, and what I'm really doing is going outside and and observing, um, you know, the sensations in my body, um, on my skin. Uh, you know, is it windy? Is it sunny? Um, is it dry? Is it humid? Um, and I'm looking. I'm listening. What's what's going on around me? Um, without trying to like answer questions, identify. You know the the people around me, and what I say people, I mean like sentient beings, not just humans. Humans are a kind of people, yeah. um, you know. And so, like, I'll go and talk to trees and talk to the little the little critters that I see. Um, yeah. I mean, literally, like, oh hey there, I don't know you, who are you? Um, I'm sure if there are other humans walking by, they think I'm crazy, but that's okay. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I've I've been doing that too, and it there is something about it. Talking to things out loud, you know the more than human world talking to you what's around you, there is something about that that feels really good and connecting, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and um, in addition to observing like kind of it's sort of micro observations, I go outside for a walk, right, yeah, and I'm observing during that walk, but I'm also observing changes over time, um so like what's what's happening in in the seasons as the seasons shift and change um how is the plant life changing how are the animals around me like the birds and and the four-legged animals um changing you know birds migrate who's who's coming and going at any given time um what is the nature of the light um you know i recently discovered this past like winter into spring the color of the sunsets change dramatically between winter and spring yeah right um yeah so it's just kind of noticing and and paying attention and kind of being with the people around me you know whatever whatever their species um and sometimes those people don't have bodies uh if we're gonna get really mm, subtle and spiritual
0: yeah you know it's such it's interesting how like your answer your original answer to this was just like you go outside And it does sound so simple, but, you know, in today's world, it's hard. It is hard to sometimes drag yourself out of your living space, um, out of the office, um, wherever you are, to just get outside and be aware. Um, It sounds Mm -hmm. so simple, but it's challenging. Um, I remember when I used to work in a corporate setting in a building um, in Philadelphia City, I would force myself to go outside on my lunch break and at least walk around the block, if not around like House Square, the little park um, in the middle of the city. And um, I always noticed that coming back in, I felt so much more relaxed and focused and refreshed coming back to my desk to work again. Um, but it's really hard to just pull yourself away um and mm-hmm. just get out there for the experience um there's so many benefits mm-hmm. to
1: that mm-hmm. yeah 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 i hear you i uh recently started working in an office again um the first time since before covid uh, yes. yeah yeah and it is it is challenging um and like climate certainly has something to do with it as i yeah. said i i moved to kind of the high desert southwest and, and it gets hot here right like after work yeah. is this probably the best and like most beneficial time for me to kind of go outside, um, you know, and, and just shift gears. Uh, but that's the hottest time of the day here. And it's it's really hot and kind yeah. of pleasant, um, but you know. It, it, yeah, excuses, <laughs> right? I say that sometimes I, I <laughs> need to have kind of a, a tough love attitude with myself. Um, and, you know that that situation is is different for everybody. Um, you know when I lived back east in Pennsylvania, like I would go outside in the rain, and just yeah. raincoat, big hat, the uh, cold, and yeah. like it it got to a point where even just the the bitter cold almost felt good. Yes. Yeah. You know I was all bundled up and went outside and it was bracing cold, and it was it was invigorating and and rejuvenating, and then it felt really good to be inside. Um, so it, yeah, How we it get hard.
0: develop an appreciation of those things too. So, so many times people just have this thing with winter and oh, uh, the cold. Like, um, like, is there a way that we can embrace the weather that we mm-hmm. typically hibernate and stay away from? Like we're melting. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. I was digging up some potatoes in the garden yesterday. And it started raining, and my initial reaction was to, Oh, I better hurry up and get things together and go inside. But then I was like, No, I'm just gonna dig up these potatoes in the rain. And it felt awesome. But I can't tell you the last time I've been just hanging out in the rain for no reason without a, a raincoat or, you know, I just let the rain come down, and it, it's just so, ah, uh, it was just so like nourishing. And it just felt like, I was a plant, you know, a plant yeah. that's been, it's been very dry here. Um, the time that I'm recording this, it has been very dry, not too much rain. So I felt, I felt kind of like a plant, whereas also being nourished by the cold and or not the cold, the rain. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, yeah like, how can we develop an appreciation and how like you moved into that warmer um Hot, maybe not warmer. <laughs> hot, hot, but it's like, how can you, like, how do you experience the heat, and what is it about
1: it that makes you maybe feel uncomfortable or, um, like I think the heat for me,
0: if we bring in our Veda into the mix, you know, it's kind of a, it, the heat is that pizza quality, that fire. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes I get irritable with it because it's um, increasing like, that pitta dosha, that fire in me. So it's just adding more fire to fire. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it is, Yes. is. If I can jump in. Um, yeah. Speaking about the heat, because uh, that has been kind of top of mind for the last, the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> It is, you know, we are in, well, I am, we are in a um, high desert. So there's some altitude and it's dry, 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 dry. Um, Super humid is 30 something percent humidity, which is (laughs) kind of really low humidity back in Southeastern, South Central Pennsylvania, like the driest winter day. Uh, And I'm finding that 95, 100 degrees when it's dry, Is not nearly as just irritating as 85 and 60 to 70 percent humidity. You know, I would go outside for a walk in kind of mid 80s to 90 and just oh, 60 something percent humidity and just be irritated and angry very quickly. Like yeah, that that Pitta energy was way up. Um, Whereas without the humidity, that doesn't happen. It's It's hot. Oh, I think I'm getting sunburned. Probably I should go inside or find some shade. <laughs> um, and like, you know, things are slower because it's hot. Um, but that like, uh anger that I would so often feel um, back east, I, I'm not experiencing. Even though it's 10, 15, 20 degrees hotter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it it has been an interesting thing to observe.
0: Yeah. I guess if they think about it, um, the pizza, pizza dosha is water and mm. fire. So I'm wondering if the water, like, you're not getting as much water from the humidity, you know? Right. Right. So I wonder yes. Thank you. Like, reducing
1: <laughs> that a little bit.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. 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 That's exactly where I was trying to go with that, with that story. Thank you for <laughs> trying to <that> all together.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That's a yeah. really interesting reflection. Hmm. I know summer for me. I've said this, I think, in another podcast episode. Um, but summer for me here in Pennsylvania, at least because of it being so humid, it I get a feeling of being weighed down a lot. Um, but I think it is that humidity. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it gets sleepy and tired, more fatigued. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, Tori, how can people connect with you further? What's the best ways to to reach out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Instagram or my oh. website. Um. I'm at Brighter Than Gold Yoga on the Instagram. Um. And at BrighterThanGoldYoga.com. Awesome.
0: And you I would be able be- to
1: just Google me and and find me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I will make sure I do link those um, down in the description if you are watching on YouTube. And same with if you're listening in, that'll also be linked so you can click on those and join Tori in her journey. Yeah, thank you, Tori. I love your reflections. Uh, you definitely have said things, as you usually do, uh, that have kind of sparked some deeper reflection, like as a takeaway. So those that are listening, hopefully it's the same for you. Some good topics to journal on after this. So yeah, thank you so much for being here, Tori. Appreciate you.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate you.